This morning, if you'll take your Bibles, let's turn to 2 Peter chapter number 1. Read a passage from 2 Peter 1, and then we're going to back up to uh, 1 Peter chapter number 5, which is on the same page in my Bible. May maybe in yours, maybe not, maybe a page back. But uh, uh, this morning, uh, we're, we're looking at, uh, uh, for our last two messages, we've been looking at what God has given believers. That the Apostle Peter reveals here in these first few verses of Second Peter. Now, see the problem that a lot of folks have is they just kind of gloss over and say, "Well, you know, this is just introductory remarks; so it's not really that important." But it is. What he's saying here is real important. In the first message from verse one, we saw that we have been given a like precious faith. Let's read verse one. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith. Now, when this was read, I imagine uh, that uh, probably set something off for them to think about. The, the, the faith that they had was as precious as the faith that the apostle Peter had. You know, we, we, we tend to think, well, the disciples were special. Yeah, they were special. They had a special calling on them. But when it comes to saving grace, God's saving grace, we each enjoy the like precious faith. And then we, we saw in our message number two, uh, we, uh, was all, we were also in verse number one, and we saw uh, how we have been given the righteousness of God uh, and our Savior Jesus Christ. So you see that like precious faith uh, comes through the, the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now this morning we began to tackle the third thing of what God has given believers. It's found there in 2 Peter 1 and verse 2. And he, he mentions two things here, and we're just going to deal with one, and we only, we're not going to get through with the one. It's going to take several weeks uh, to look at this matter of grace. But he says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. First of all, we're going to talk about grace multiplied. Grace multiplied is multiplied unto us. The more we know about God and the more we know about our Savior, the more we come to understand the grace that has come in our direction. Understand that Peter revealed what I believe to be a very important aspect of grace in his first epistle there, in chapter number 5, in verse number 10. Look at uh, chapter, 1 Peter 5, verse 10. It says, but, it, but the God of all grace. Okay, that's a very important. You ought to underline that. The God of all grace, who hath called us unto His eternal glory, by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. I want you to especially note those words, the God of all grace, because our God is the God of all grace. That, that is significant considering what we see in our text verse today. God, God is the God of all grace, and all of God's grace is available to us and is multiplied to us through the knowledge of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Now let's first define what we are talking about when we speak of grace. What, what does grace mean? 
And there have been all kinds of definitions uh, given of the word grace. Uh, there are many, many messages that have been preached, many, many illustrations given. Uh, some use and the acrostic of the word grace, G-R-A-C-E, and say God's riches at Christ's expense. That's a good way to remember it. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. Some define grace, as I do, as unmerited favor. That's what it is. We don't deserve grace. That's by the very nature of what the word means. It's, unmerited, it's favor that's bestowed upon us that we do not, we do not deserve. Okay? It's unmerited. Some define it in association with mercy. Now, we know that mercy is us not getting what we deserve. If we are honest this morning, we know that every one of us that's here this morning, we all deserve hell. But the mercy of God, we don't get hell. And grace is getting what we don't deserve. Say, mercy, we didn't get hell. Grace gives us heaven. Amen? We don't, we don't deserve to get to go to heaven. But we get to by God's grace. Now, using the, that definition, we could say that mercy is also a grace. Right? Un, if it's unmerited favor, and mercy is not merited either. Right? Uh, so, uh, because none of us deserve God's mercy, mercy is an unmerited favor of God, and that makes it a grace. Think about a few other things. I don't have these in my notes, but I'm just going to rattle them off to you off the top of my head. Because it's easy to think about. When you think about God's forgiveness, that's a grace too, isn't it? Having your sins forgiven, it's, it's unmerited favor. Do we deserve to have our, our sins forgiven? No, we don't deserve. We don't deserve that at all, do we? Um, we can think of many things this morning and uh, spend a lot of time here this morning talking about the things that are grace. But all, all of these are good definitions, even though they may sound rather simplistic when we study and meditate on God's grace. I love that song that we just sang a while ago, uh, Wonderful Grace of Jesus. Uh, if you notice the, the, the words, Wonderful Grace of Jesus, greater than all my sin. Think about that. All of our sins together, God's grace is greater than. How shall my tongue describe it? Where shall its praise begin? How do you, how do you even begin to, ex, to explain grace? You know, it's difficult because it's a, it's a concept that, that is foreign to uh, sinful mankind, really. Um, we're, we're not, when, you, when you take a look at our nature, our nature is not to give folks much grace. We like to get mad and we like to get even. That's the nature of the sinful flesh. But God is full of grace. Our Lord and Savior is full of grace. As believers, we should know that our lives are full of God's grace. In fact, we move from one grace to another in our lives as we journey through this life. Grace is added to grace. Uh, grace is piled on top of grace that we've already received. Listen to the words of the Apostle John in the Gospel of John, chapter number 1, verse 14. He said, he's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, and the Word, that's Jesus, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus was full 
of grace. He is full of grace. And it says down in verse 16 of John 1, it says, and, and, and of His fullness have all we received and grace for grace. Now, Jesus Christ, who is the Word that was made flesh, is the source of grace, which is the sum total of all the spiritual favors that, that God gives to people. Grace for grace. When it says there, He gives us grace for grace, or we could say grace in the place of grace. Think about it as waves coming in from the ocean. Grace. And then grace on top of that again. Just wave after wave in our life of, of God's grace. Wave, one wave of God's grace follows another wave in our life. Grace for grace. The, the believer's life is the constant reception of one evidence of God's grace in Jesus Christ being piled on top of another. And uh, James 4 verse 6 says, But he giveth more grace. And I'm glad... I'm glad that God gives grace, aren't you? Without grace, we would be hopelessly lost in our sin. Let's look at some of the different types of grace that come into the life of the believer. And I want to begin with the, the first grace that has touched all of our lives here today. I don't know your spiritual condition or whether you saved or lost, but uh, God knows and I hope that you know. Uh, but all of... Uh, whether we're talking about believers or unbelievers, everybody shares in this first grace. And that is, we are all recipients of safeguarding or sheltering grace. Safeguarding grace. Let me explain what I'm talking about. Um, give you some verses, first of all. Luke 6.35 talks about how God is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. In other words, they're recipients of grace even though they may live an evil life. Think about it. God's sun shines down on the just and the unjust. He provides. There's provision for, for the, the just and the un, unjust, whether they thank Him for it or not. He's been good to all. Psalm 145 verse 9 says, The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. And we just we just proved a mercy type of is one of the graces, amen? And all of His tender mercies are over all His works. Now I want you to think about this. And those of you that are saved, do you remember your life before you got saved? Most of us can probably think of some close calls where we could have been swept out into eternity without Christ if it weren't for God's safeguarding our lives and sheltering us before we came to know Him. I want you to think about it. I'm going to give you a couple of personal examples. When I was 10 years old, okay, 10 years old, I was swimming in the Atlantic Ocean off the beaches of Jekyll Island, Georgia. I grew up in Brunswick, and we used to go with our cousins. Uh, the, our cousins we had um, uh, that lived right beside of us, they were um, ten, 10 or more years older than us. They, would, they drove, and me and my brothers, we were younger, and they would, they would be nice and carry us to the beach. Well... We were out there swimming, and I got caught in a riptide. I got caught in a riptide. And um, it was pulling me out. Um, I was, of course, fighting against the thing. And I remembered, you don't fight against it. You've got to swim parallel. Swim parallel, got out from under it, was able to make it back to shore. 
very far from where I went in, I can tell you. It was, it was a ways down the beach. But God delivered me at the age of 10 years old. I also remember just prior to my getting saved of being in the back seat of a yellow 1970 Plymouth Roadrunner when my best friend's brother decided to put it in top end, hide the speedometer on it. It had a pretty hefty speedometer, as I recall. We were on Highway 341, just outside of Brunswick, Georgia, headed toward Everett City. That's where we were headed, headed toward Jessup, Georgia, basically. And, and uh, I thought I was going to die. I was one blowout away from that car taking a, a major tumble. Um, anything could have happened. And I would have went out into a Christless eternity. And I could go on, and you probably could too, if you think about in your life, God's safeguarding of your life before you got saved. His sheltering of you. In the song, uh, Only a Sinner, by James M. Gray, the second verse says, Once I was foolish, and sin ruled my heart, causing my footsteps from God to depart. Jesus hath found me, Happy my case. I now am a sinner saved by grace. And what a, what a blessing, amen. We ought to thank God for His safeguarding and His sheltering grace. Second thing I want us to see this morning is that believers uh, are recipients of God's saving grace. Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Listen, saving grace is the free, unmerited favor of God that is expressed in the eternal salvation of one's soul. When, when we place our full faith and trust in God's provision in Christ, that's when we become born again, we become saved. God's saving grace uh, places us in a, a, a different position than we ever knew before. Romans 3, verse 23 and 24 says this, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We know that to be true, don't we? Every one of us. We know we've fallen short of God's glory. But he says, goes on to say, Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. You know, we couldn't purchase that grace. We couldn't have afforded it. You, you, you can't afford such a thing as that. Nothing can purchase it. We couldn't deserve it in any way. But Christ gives us that grace. We're justified freely by His grace. I'm so thankful for what Paul said in Romans 5 verse 20 when he said, Moreover the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, listen it, where sin abounded, grace did much more Abound. Aren't you glad that God's grace abounds in your life because of how sin previously abounded in our life? And we still have problems with sin in our lives after we're saved, but God's grace covers that. Amen? And what a blessing that is. We sang the song a while ago, Amazing Grace. Um, when you come to understand the life of the one that wrote Amazing Grace, John Newton, he was a he was a wretch. And when, when he says amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me, those that knew him would say, you got that right. 
because he was he was a wretch. He he says, "I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see." But can I tell you that each of us were a wretch? We were. We we may not have looked at ourselves as being as bad as someone like John Newton, who was a slave trader. He was hated of even the people that were on the ship with him. I mean, I mean, they they despised him. He was so wicked and so vile and so ungodly. But God saved him. I think of that song I mentioned a while ago, "Only a Sinner." And another another uh, uh, verse of that, by James Gray said, "Not have I gotten, but what I received. Grace hath bestowed it, since I have believed." Boasting excluded, pride I abase. I'm only a sinner, saved by grace. See, see what, what I have, I received of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're saved this morning, what you have, you received as a gift, as, as bestowed to you by the Lord Jesus Christ. We sing a song sometimes when we're in the gray book, Grace Greater Than Our Sin, by Julia Johnston. And listen to these words from the first verse, Marvelous Grace of Our Loving Lord. Grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt. See, we really need, when we sing these songs, we need to think about what we're singing. And if we think about what we're singing, it, it stirs in us a, a worship. That's, that's why singing is part of our worship. But it's grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt. He says, Yonder on, on, on Calvary's mount outpoured, there where the blood of the Lamb was spilt. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that is greater than all our sin. And uh, that verse 2 says, Marvelous, infinite, matchless grace freely bestowed on all who believe. Listen. I hope that you believe today. I hope, hope that you know Christ as your Savior. But if not, understand His grace can be bestowed upon you. It's freely bestowed if you will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. I remember back to that Wednesday night of February 17th, 1971, when I got saved. That night is just as real to me Today is the day I got saved. It was a precious time in my in my life. I love singing. Y'all y'all, y'all know that I I sing the 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 song sometimes is a special the the greatest of all miracles by Squire Parsons, and it says I wasn't there by the shores of Galilee when Jesus touched those blinded eyes and made them see, and though I did not see the empty tomb that day, I still believe for I know what Jesus did for me. Do you know what Jesus did for you? You know, do you have a time, a date and a time? You may not know the date and time, but you could go back in your mind and say, there I was when I, when I trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. Yeah? And if you don't have that in your life, let me, let me beg you to, to find that place of forgiveness, that place of grace, and know what Jesus did for you. Safeguarding grace, saving grace, Thirdly, believers are recipients of God's securing grace. His securing grace. Listen, I'm not only saved by grace, but praise God, I am secure in that grace. 
That means that there is no one and nothing that can take that saving grace away from me. That's grace on top of grace. Amen? <laughs> That's grace on top of grace. Uh, I'm not going to have you turn there, but some of my precious, most precious verses I love found in Romans 8, verse 38 and 39 says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's what makes grace so amazing, isn't it? Amen. It can't, it can't be taken away from you. We call it the doctrine of eternal security. <coughs> Excuse me. It's, it's the Bible confidence that every born-again believer has perfect, complete, eternal salvation in Jesus Christ. And by the way, that's the only kind of true salvation that there is. If you don't have uh, a, a salvation that's secure, you don't have God's salvation because His salvation is secure. As soon as the sinner receives Christ by repentance and faith, he or she possesses full, unending salvation. How can we know that we are eternally secure as believers? Well, I could preach a whole sermon on this. <laughs> uh, and I have before. In fact, I, I preached a series on it. Uh, how we can know that we are eternally secure in Christ. But let me just give you just one of many reasons. And that's this. When you look at what the Bible says in, uh, about salvation, I'm talking about the terms, the words that it uses regarding salvation that are used in the Bible. They don't lend themselves to anything except an unending salvation. <laughs> Listen to John 10, verse 27 through 29. Jesus, these are the words of Jesus. He said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them, listen, I give unto them eternal life. That word eternal is important. It's without ending. And if it ever ended, if it could, if it could ever be any less than eternal, at any time, for any reason, then Jesus would have lied, and Jesus can't lie. Jesus tells the truth every time. He says, I give unto them eternal life. And he goes on to say, and they shall never perish. If every one of them, any one of them have ever perished, then Jesus would have lied. Again, words mean things. He gives eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. No man's able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Had some, some guy one time I was, well, I was trying to convince him of, of that, and he said, "Well, you can pull yourself out." And I said, "You're a man." <laughs> he said, "No, you, no man can take you out of the Father's hand." There wasn't anything. Listen, there wasn't anything we could do to gain our own salvation. We couldn't work for it. We couldn't pay for it. We couldn't. We couldn't join enough churches for it. We couldn't be baptized enough baptistries for it. We couldn't do anything for it to gain salvation, and we certainly can't do anything to keep it. 1 Peter 1.5 says that we are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. So we've got safeguarding grace. We've got saving grace. We've got securing grace. 
Fourthly, believers are recipients of God's sanctifying grace. His sanctifying grace. It's true that we have been sanctified by Jesus. What does that mean? Well, let, 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 let me tell you another statement. It's also true that we are to sanctify ourselves. Okay? We are sanctified by Jesus and we're to sanctify ourselves. To sanctify something means to set it apart for a particular purpose. The box that's on the back table back there. It's got tithes and offerings on it. You could say that box is, is sanctified. It's set apart for you to put your tithes and offerings in. It's set apart for that particular purpose. Okay. Now, when we were saved, God set us apart unto Himself for His particular purposes. Do we deserve that? No, we don't. <laughs> That's what makes it a grace. I, I find it amazing that the Lord could use somebody like me to preach the Word. I really do. And I know, you know, I've, I've said this before, but uh, if, you, if you knew me, even when I graduated from high school, even when I was in college, I was not somebody that liked to get up and speak at all. I remember at Brunswick Junior College, I've shared this story uh, probably several times since I've been here over the last uh, 15 years, but uh, what, when I was in Brunswick Junior College, I, I had to. Uh, I was required to take speech class, and part of speech class is you had to give a speech. And I remember being so nervous that I threw up outside in the bushes before I went in to give my speech. That, that's a true story. I did. I, I, that's how much I hated speech. I hated it. I hated giving oral book reports. I hated having to stand before anybody and speak or do anything like that. And God, boy, he's got a sense of humor, doesn't he? He called me to preach. Huh? It's just unreal. I, when I think, stop and think about what I do and think about where the Lord brought me from, it's like I just shake my head. You know? we, have almost, we have almost right now, not quite, but almost 2,000 messages on our uh, sermon audio website and um, those are broadcast all the way all around the world and I think about the number of times that I've st stood before folks and spoke <clears throat> with the grace that Christ has given me listen to uh, some scripture here Ephesians 5 verse 25 and 26 so Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. The Lord has sanctified his church. That's made up of sanctified people. Okay? This, the Lord has a purpose for this church. He set it apart unto himself for his purposes and, he's, and the individuals that make it up are sanctified as well. And 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Also in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3 and 4, Paul told uh, that church in Thessalonica, said, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. You know, we ought to know 
what God has called us to do. And we all do it. <laughs> Jesus prayed in John 17, 17, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. A lot of reason why folks don't know what God wants them to do, they're not in the book. They're not, they're not in the truth. Colossians 2, verse 6 says these, this, he says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. I'm going to say that again. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. How do we receive the Lord Jesus Christ? By grace through faith. Amen? By grace through faith. How are we to walk in the Lord? By grace through faith. That's what Paul said. As you, have you received Him? So walk in Him. So, we have been given safeguarding grace, saving grace, securing grace, sanctifying grace. Last one I'm going to deal with today is believers are recipients of God's serving grace. God's serving grace. Uh, quoted Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9 a while ago. I left out verse 10. But verse 10, you know, verse 8 and 9 talk about uh, we're saved by grace. But verse 10 talks about for we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that ye should walk in them. Now that's not just for the preacher. That's for everybody that's saved. If you've been saved by God's grace, God's ordained for you to do good works. Um, not to be saved, but because you are saved. <laughs> He's ordained it because you are, you are His. Listen to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 9 and 10. Paul talked to us, he says, For I am the least of the apostles, that am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. Paul sitting there, he's just thinking about the time before he got saved, and he's thinking about, man, it, it's just unreal. You know, I was persecuting the church, and God called me to salvation, and then he, He's called me to preach, and he, he, He's using me right now. He's a, I'm not, he, he's, he's made an apostle out of me. I don't deserve to be an apostle. That's what Paul's saying there. But listen to verse 10, 1 Corinthians 15, 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Amen? He acknowledged the grace in every step of the way. It was, it was not wasn't Paul. It was the grace of God working through Paul that he was able to do what he did. Listen to Hebrews 12, verse 28. Wherefore, we, receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. We have to have grace to be able to serve. But God will give grace. And we can serve Him acceptably with reverence and godly fear when we receive His grace that He gives for us to be able to, to serve. Now we're going to, we're going to stop right there for now. And we're going to continue, Lord willing, on this subject next week. I've shared with you five graces this morning. Now listen, but I, I found ten more of them. I've got fifteen in all to go through. And we're only going to go through one next week. Okay, just one. We went through five today. We do So it's going to take a few weeks. 
He said, well, you know, uh, you ought to be able to do it faster than that. Well, I may be able to do it faster, but it wouldn't be able to do it as, as efficiently with you understanding what grace is all about. And I would rather you have the understanding of grace when we get done. The ones that I've shared today, I hope to be a blessing in your life. And they can be a blessing in your life if you apply them. Grace is available to each of us through God by the way of what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us. Amen. Safeguarding grace, whether you're saved or lost. Hey, listen, if you're not saved, you ought to be thankful that God's allowed you to live right until this moment. And given you another opportunity to get saved. You got an opportunity this morning to get saved. <clears throat> Who knows when your window of opportunity is going to shut? Nobody knows. But God's been gracious to you to bring you this far. You ought to take that, that uh, window of opportunity and come to know the Lord today and receive His saving grace. If you don't have it, you can leave here with it. And when you leave here to, with it, you can have that securing grace. If you have God's saving grace, you have His securing grace. Amen? And then His sanctifying grace. Know, this is what I want you to get from the sanctifying grace. Know that God has set you apart for His purposes. Find out what His purpose for your life is and live it. God saved you for a purpose. Each one of us are saved for a purpose. He set us apart for His purpose. And we ought to set ourselves apart unto Him to do His what He wants us to do. And then serving grace. God will give you the grace to do whatever He wants you to do. He'll give you the serving grace. When none of us can serve the power of our flesh, not really, not really do God's will. But if we lean upon His grace, He'll give us exactly what we need. Let's pray. Father, we just thank You this morning for Your grace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Lord, those of us that are saved, we know that we're blessed. And the more we think about our salvation, the more we, that's revealed to us about our salvation, the more uh, that we think about uh, all that you have uh, saved us from, and Lord, all that you're saving us to, uh, it blows our minds. We're not worthy. None of us are worthy of the grace. And it's just by nature of definition, it's unmerited favor. Thank you for favoring us with Jesus. Thank you for the favor that you showed and not just tossing us into hell already. Amen. We, we thank you for the saving grace that's, that's there and that secures us for all eternity. Lord, if there's one that's not, that's not saved today, the one here that doesn't know you, help them to come to know you today. Have your way in this invitation, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand.